Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. We're at the ADA meeting in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we caught up with Dr. Phil Brown and Dr. Patrick Retzer. Today, Dr. Retzer and Dr. Brown will be discussing a new type of post-placement and removal drill. My name is Dr. Phil Brown, and I have with me today Dr. Patrick Retzer, um, who was an inventor of the Unicor drills. Pat, when you developed these drills a few years ago, why did you develop them and why did we need them? Well, we came out with the next generation of posts, and we realized that unlike the carbon generation, stock drills off the shelf just didn't work. And I found endodontists across the country I worked with for years that wouldn't even touch one of these glass posts, let alone the quartz posts. And I felt that there was a good way to do this if we just thought out what the parameters are in the construction of the post and our past experience with the carbon posts, especially as it related to the -the off-the-shelf drills. In other words, why couldn't we use those off-the-shelf drills? Okay, so you developed a drill originally for just removing fiber posts. That was the original intent, just fiber post removal. The the, the newest generation of posts. Right, right. And I thought what we needed was a more powerful handpiece. So I went to a very good handpiece manufacturer, and I worked with all their different handpieces, and I quickly realized it wasn't in the handpiece. We had enough power even in our air handpieces to generate enough torque given a 20,000 RPM speed so that with a very sharp and heat-hardened tip, we could generate enough heat just at that point zone, that very small zone, to soften the epoxy that binds these collinear glass fibers together and then allow the fibers to guide the post down it. So it's sort of like when you learned how to start a fire with a pointed stick. Remember that in Boy Scouts? Yeah. Yeah. Too many times. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, it worked, and it worked beautifully the first time. The only problems we had early on in is I realized that without our proprietary technique of making these, I could actually melt the tip of some of the -the off-the-shelf products. It would melt over Mm. because that tip is so sharp and so small and going through glass will actually generate that much heat. Well, and I can tell you from experience, the drill, having used it for a couple of years, works better than trying to start a fire with a piece of wood and a stick. <laughs> well, hopefully you haven't started too many fires around all Oh, not with the drills. Um, you know what, since our audience can't see the drills, let's just give them a visual starting um, at the um, apex. Uh, so you already mentioned the heat generated tip and then it looks like there's some flutings and some space and some diamond can you just kind of give them a visual description from the tip up to the shank what the what the post well, what um, the drill looks like and how it functions imagine a needle sharp point and then it it rolls into a shoulder i believe you call it the forstner bit which i thought mm-hmm. was a pretty good explanation coming out of the carpentry and then into a, what I call a very lazy flute, no rake angle, very unaggressive. And the reason for that is that the unaggressive flute allows us to operate at 20,000 RPM safely in any canal, any substrate, and it won't drag you in. Then above that lazy flute is a diamond zone that we had put on there for heat dissipation. Because if you left that zone smooth, and that smooth carbide is running against dentin or even a crown, the, you know, the intaglio of a crown, it'll generate a lot of heat on the mm-hmm. coronal portion. So by putting that diamond zone on there, we were able to eliminate 
that heat generation as it comes in contact with, say, the incisal area of, a, of an upper incisor, lower incisor, cuspid. And it also creates good straight line access. So you can get that post down in the canal better if that's what you're doing, if you're placing the post. If you're removing the post, it just completely eliminates that heat problem. So if you have a fairly intact tooth, be it a PFM or enamel, you're saying that with, an, with a deep access hole, a lot of tooth left, the, the diamond coating or the, the sputter coating will help dissipate heat if you're up against those axial walls? Yes. Is that what I understand? Yes. And invariably, if there's an f- intact crown on there, especially like an incisor that's a little shovel-shaped, you're going to mm-hmm. be up against that incisal edge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you do cut a little straight-line access in there, if there's a little notch from lingual to buckle, that's not a hard, or to facial, it's not a hard thing now with our composite technology just to repair that composite. Or if you're putting a crown on there, it doesn't make any difference. So the safety of the drill is the most important thing. By gaining that straight-line access, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to go out the side of the route like it would be with a lot of drills. Now, since the, the drill was originally in, designed to remove these hardened uh, fiber posts, I assume gutta perch is no problem. And in fact, used to be I would take a, a piezo two, three, or four and go down and open up the post hole first. Um, one thing I've noticed with these drills is I don't even do that anymore. I can go right down the gutta percha. It'll, it seems to want to follow that track with minimal effort. I think the best analogy that you hit it right on the head, Phil, is to think of the old McSpadden compactor. When John McSpadden developed that instrument, it was made to operate in a canal, generating heat with a rotary action, soup up the gutta percha, and make like it would make a hot gutta percha fill. It was probably the earliest hot gutta percha fill, and it was very successful. So that being said, when you're spinning ours at 20,000 RPMs and you go into that gutta percha, even if it was only placed 20 minutes ago, as in our system that we're, that we're working with, the endo res and, and conventional gutta percha, you aren't going to dislodge that point because there's no tug back on it. It's melting the gutta percha. Now, the age-old question, you know, someone's accidentally using thermophil and they have to remove a thermophil carrier what about removing that is it okay for that or are there special precautions to to use uh with a thermophil carrier our system will remove thermophil beautifully the only difference is that we're going to go crown down when we take thermophil out thermophil has a beautiful system it's designed around a vector carrier that's a plastic with a fairly high melting point that being said if you start with that as you call it, the Forstner bit, which Mm -hmm. is a perfect description of it, that Forstner tip on there allows us to rest on top of the black Vectra cutoff carrier just short of the handle, and we can follow that down, melting it at 20,000 RPMs. So we go four, size four, and then size three, then size two, then size one. The people that I talk to that do a lot of thermophils will actually pre-size that before they put their obturator in the canal. Mm -hmm. So they know how far they're going to go with that number four. They'll set a stopper there as it binds in the wall. Then they go to the three, set a stopper, two, set a stopper. They set those three drills aside. Then they put in their AH26 or their endo-res, as a lot of them are using endo-res now with the thermophils. And then they'll let that set, 20 minutes. They'll come in, they'll knock off that handle, 
drill down onto the black until they see the little black point in that sea of pink in endo-res or H26. And then they just do a four, three, two, one. And it, it takes a little more pressure than the uh, gutta percha does, but far less pressure than going through mm -hmm. a quartz fiber or glass fiber post. So by going uh, largest drill to small, it sounds like that would help keep you in this telescopic technique that would help you stay centered over the carrier rather than say a number one where you might go right down the side of it is is that part of the the reverse process the four drill the three the two to to stay on top of the carrier that's the essence of it because you're right if you if you start with a number one you're going to slide off the side. You're going to do a beautiful job removing the gutta percha, and you're going to have that little black stake sticking up, wiggling back and forth at you. So to rest on top with that number four, it just melts it right down. You hit it right on the head. That's how it works. Now, you mentioned the heat generated to remove these thermophil carriers, or there's a few other companies that have carriers. People are probably going to want to know, what about the heat? I mean, what about the heat generated versus how it's how it's dissipated, um, and how does that compare to maybe a hot thermophil injection for those using a um, heated gutta percha? Because isn't that 180, 180 degrees or something degrees. Yeah, for injection? Our, yeah, and in our studies, we generated as much heat as we could and then measured it by putting thermistors on the root mm. and very tightly wrapping them. And then on our uh, temperature, you know, on our dial, our, our temperature recording device, we were only able to spike a 230 here and there. And that's a spike and that's pushing as hard as I can right down to the base of the post. And those were quartz posts at 20,000 RPMs. And all of my consultants said, that's fine. That's all you did was spike it. Just so a, we're not concerned about the heat. So there were a few transient temperature rises. That was it. Yeah. One but, time, not a plateau or anything. Right, Both. and you would never go that fast in removing a post. You would never just shove it as hard as you can, as fast as you can, from the uh, coronal portion down to the uh, apical portion just to see how much heat you could generate. Any, mm -hmm. any sensible dentist is going to go maybe two or three millimeters down, take an x-ray, and he's going to go another two or three millimeters down, take an x-ray. He's going to be conservative when he takes these things out. And we can't use water because it would defeat the purpose of our tip. Okay. So... so the drills can uh, easily remove gutta percha for a post base, um, use them in reverse order for um, thermophil type carriers, solid core um, obturators. Now what about uh, using them to remove a fiber post? Can they be used with any fiber post, just certain ones, and, and what is that? how does that technique differ from creating a post base? Well, what you would do with those, and of course the only reason you'd be doing that is if there was a you know, severe trauma that would cause fracture of the post right at the CEJ, car accident, sports injury, whatever. Or you had to retreat an endo, mm -hmm. and you didn't want to, you know, do an apical surgery there. Then what you would do is you would make sure that you cut that post off flush if there's anything protruding up, you know, beyond the CEJ. And you would take a very sharp pointed drill like a needle diamond and you would start your pilot hole directly in the center of that cut off round outline form of the post. 
Then after you do that, you start with a number one, because that's going to be your pilot drill, and you're going to put it in that little countersink hole, making sure that you're as collinear as you can see you can be, and push down about half what you think is the length of that post. Using a firm pressure at 20,000 RPMs, the drill will follow the fibers down. You can see if you're going off track. If you do go off track, it's not a big deal because you can correct that in the next drill, and you'll see it right away on your x-ray. All the people I've talked to that are endodontists that have done this have had great success. None of them have gone out the side of a root. I don't think you can go out the side of a root. You would, it just doesn't cut on the tip. It'll tell you right away if you're somewhere that's, you know, that's soft. But that being said, as you're going down those fibers, it's a good idea to take an x-ray. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember using some systems in the late 90s um, that were out there for removing posts and they were basically recommended for a one-time use are, are these posts are these drills recommended you know one post removal or how many times can you remove uh, how many times could an endodontist be uh, using these to remove posts I'm thinking at least 10 times for the number one. The number one drill will be the most sensitive. It's a tremendously strong drill, as you know, because of the uh, manufacturing process. We've been able to produce a drill that not only will not melt at the tip, but you can actually bend that drill without a fracture. I believe they're recommended about 15 times for post hole preparation, be it gutta percha um, or thermophil carriers, doesn't matter about uh, the new ones, the new improved ones. Uh, better alloy are 15 uses now yes instead of 10 yes it's interesting that you designed these uh, um, the drills to do what they did and it took some innovation from ultradent to say hey you know what these drills are great why don't we make a post to go with it Um, so they were kind of reverse engineered i guess to match your drills rather than traditional engineering is you make the post then you make the drill uh, so you can account for cement space, but uh, tell us a little bit about how that came about, mating uh, a post from Ultradent to your drills. Well, the beauty of the of the way this happened is that, as you mentioned, we, we did it backwards. Most people do the post and they do the drill to that design, but we already had a drill that would go down a central incisor on the lower safely. That same drill will go down an MB1, even an MB2, if you need to use it in a really coronally compromised tooth. It'll go down the distal buckle of an upper canal, the mesiolingual mesial buckle of a lower canal, of a lower molar. It'll go down even the most severe fluted bicuspids, allowing you to put two posts in rather than doing the risk of a large post. Two smaller posts, more surface area, more of a Roman arch. On the lower or upper, you're going to get a tripod effect of the posts. On the lower, you could get a tetrahedral approach with the posts. And because they're light-carrying, they do a beautiful job when we cement these into these canals. So it just made sense for Ultradent to clone the post to match it. And the, the original design of the drills, almost by accident or whatever, the three-degree taper, lended itself well to making a post that now is self-venting, no hydraulic pressure uh, when you seat the, the post. I mean, when you design these... The three-degree taper had nothing to do with a post design that would follow it. Is that right? Right. And the post itself, because of the sharpness of the tip and the difference in the way the drill cuts the tooth and, and shapes the tip of it, allows you a natural reservoir at the tip. 
So not only do you have the uh, 60 micron venting space along the side mm-hmm. of it, you also have that little bit of just a Skoshmore reservoir, I like to call it. You got a reservoir you, tip on these? A little bit of a Skoshmore. So what that allowed us to do was have a post where we don't have to cut any venting channels on it. Manufacturers don't like venting channels. They don't want you cutting annular rings in there, <coughs> notching it, or doing anything that's going to weaken those collinear <laughs> fibers. So this lent itself really well to designing a post that will go into virtually any canal. So we've got a drill in four sizes, mated to a post that can remove any gutta percha, thermophil or solid-based carriers, and remove a fiber post. Are there any other systems on the market that can do all of that? No, not that I can think of, and I've looked at all of them. The the problem that uh, that I would see is that when you put this drill in into let's say let's use the example of training the tech reps at Ultradent. I don't know what the percentage is, but somebody said like 70 percent plus of the tech reps had never held a dental handpiece. Some of them, you know, are dental assistants, but they never really did an operative procedure. I can stand there with them within about 15 to 20 minutes. They've done all three procedures. That's a very technique-safe device. I'd say I'd put it in the fail-safe category, Hmm. which you know, Phil, uh, from your days of practice and reviewing literature, you can't say that about a lot of drills. They're too aggressive. They'll suck you right in even at 1,000 RPMs. Well, and due to the design of um, these drills, it would be very difficult to perf a root, I would think. Just having seen them that they're not sharp cutting on the end, they're heat generating, but I mean, they, wouldn't they be practically impossible to perforate a root laterally? Or uh, maybe there's some way to do it. I, I haven't. I, I haven't discovered it yet. None of my endodontists have. I haven't heard of any reports from any of the GPs that are using the system that have had anything but success. One of the nice things, I think, is that when you're operating at 20,000 RPMs and you're generating that kind of heat, as in the McSpadden compactors, it gives you a tremendous amount of tactile sense as you go down the canal. Mm -hmm. That's why we can take someone with no experience, not even a dental assistant experience, teach them how to hold a a handpiece in a pen grasp and say, I want you just to drill down fast, right down that canal. You're going to feel it sink right through the gutta percha. And they do it every time, fail safe. With minimal hand pressure. Just Minimal kind of hand pressure. Melt, melt and cut, melt and cut. And those same untrained hands are taking out thermophils in the same instruction. Mm-hmm. And then we have them do the last one, which is to remove the post that they placed in the canal. And every one of them has been able to do that. I don't know how many of these people I've trained, probably, what, 50 tech reps in Ultradent? A lot. A lot in a year with all the major trade shows. So that's that was my goal. And, mm. and if, you know, Ultradent has helped me to realize that goal. Now, I think when a dentist tries this, especially given the kind of support that Ultradent gives a dentist, they're going to enjoy no problems. No problems. And one last thing um, before we close, I think that's that we need to say because dentists won't ask and sometimes they forget, is isn't it true that with most drills down a canal that you want to go high speed in and high speed out? Don't stop in the bottom of the canal because that's when you might break a drill. Yeah. Now, that being said, though, I wouldn't want to go down a canal at 20,000 with a lot of the drills that are out there because with that aggressive rake angle on some of them, it can pull you right in. I've had students do that, 
to the point where we have had drills used in our programs, our teaching programs, where we actually run them in reverse. So they can't possibly get the drill mm -hmm. stuck in there. Well, I remember using uh, one um, metal post system in the 80s that's still well known. Um, those actually had a, a, a cutting tip similar to uh, carbides for woodworking. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That will go out the side of a root very easily. Yeah. It doesn't give you tactile sense. You can't operate at, at 20,000 RPMs. You're down around 1,000 at the most. And at some point, uh, some of us got the uh, hand pieces, the gear reduction hand pieces allowed us to go to 500. We'd use it at 500 because we needed that margin of safety. It's not mm -hmm. true with our drill. We can do our drill, standard handpiece, standard latch, air-driven, 20,000 routinely. In and out of the canal. In and out of the canal. And never stop. Never stop. In a canal. You know. Very, very tactile system. Good. And don't, uh, don't forget now, we do have some of those uh, composite squirting techniques where people have actually squirted composite down in the canals. We went through that whole period where the amalgam packers, you know, people have packed amalgam cores down canals, decided they were going to bond and, and squirt materials uh, down in the canal that are truly a composite material. We can take that out. Okay. Same, same way we take out fiber posts. A lot more carefully because we don't have any fibers to guide us. But it will go through that substrate more, more safely than any other type of a burr. So what we've got really is a three-in-one drill. You've got a percha. Uh, removal, thermophil type removal, and removal of fiber posts. Yes. All in one. And in the unlikely event that you come across one of these squirted in the canal type composite posts, you can take that material. kind of makes it a foursome. Mm. Or a forfer. Forfer? A forfer. So, well, thank you for coming by uh, today to share this information with us. And uh, for Patrick Retzer, my name is Phil Brown, and thank you for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For a full archive of our podcasts, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. To submit a question or comment for a future podcast, please send an email to ultradentnews at ultradent.com or leave us a voicemail at 800-268-9010.